everybody? It's your boy Real back with another review, man. Oh yeah, the moment y'all have been waiting for. Well, many of y'all. Okay? The answer is yes, I watched Mayor of Kingstown. And that's what we're doing. Mayor of Kingstown Season 2, Episode 1. Yes, of course I watched Mayor of Kingstown. I was always caught up. On Season 1, at least. Just started Season 2. And I would have started on time. But, you know, some of the fellas in here gonna feel me. That was my show. That's something I had. Right? Introduced my girl to it. Told her Season 2 coming. I said, hurry up, watch season one, get caught up. I think you'll like it. She did. She just proceeded to take her time and fall asleep on every episode, every chance she got. But she likes it. Okay? And I was trying to hold out and wait for her so we could watch it, have another show to watch together. And she told me to stall out on this until I got it, until she caught up. And guess what? She ain't caught up. Of course she hasn't. And I told I can't I can't let my people wait no longer. We're gonna be in we're gonna be in the third season waiting on you. So I'm here. Okay? I'm probably gonna get in trouble. I violated. Alright? So y'all need to hold me down. I did this for y'all. So here we are. The season is back. Mike is back. And shit has hit the fan. Oh my god. I have to say, next to like a Viking show or a Viking show? I've never seen a bloodier opening episode. Like, this episode kicked off with just murder and mayhem to the highest caliber. Now, why? Well, that's because we just had a huge prison uprising that left, what they say, like 300 or 400 people dead? It was like shooting fish in a barrel. They just sprayed. 33 guards killed, the ones that didn't raped with billy clubs? I said, oh my God. Oh my God. They did not give us those, they did not give us those notes last season. They they given us the, the wrap up what happens. So we see that the prison has moved on the outside. They still collecting bodies. They finding them in different corners and crevices in the prison. Motherfuckers was getting to work during that riot, right? I'm like, oh my God. So they got them in tents outside. Now, they say it's hot. It don't look hot. The cinematography on this show is always so blue. It's cool. I like it. It gives it a gloomy, gothic, Gotham type feel, like eerie. But yeah, it's, um, I don't know. It didn't seem hot, but apparently they're hot outside. You know, so there you have it. But the town is facing major issues. Why? Well, because of the prison. Everybody knows that, well, not everybody. Let's not say everybody. But if you didn't know, prison life works like this, just like they explained to you. I like they gave you a little, that Mike gave you a little insight. All right. In jail, when it comes to gangs, the jails run the gangs on the outside. Why? Because nine times out of ten, if you're out here gang-banging, slanging, and doing what you gotta do, you're probably gonna end up in jail if you're not dead. Okay? That's, that. You, it's, it's a time limit on how much you're gonna get away with. So you're gonna end up in jail at some point. And there is where you're likely gonna spend most of your life. So, there, 
is where you where they all end up. So of course the prison's gonna run the shit. Because if you if you play the dudes that's on the inside, if you ain't taking care of the fam of the people that you're supposed to, if you ain't bringing that money in, if you ain't doing what you're supposed to do, nigga, when your time comes, now you could duck the hitters they send at you. Sure, sure, they might they might put a kite out that says, "Yo, kill the kill kill little bro them," and you get lucky and you not dead. You might get unlucky and end up in prison right next to the motherfucker that you just dubbed and ain't nowhere to run and hide at that point. So, yes, if you ain't got structure in the prison, it's going to be clear chaos out there in the street. That's their leadership. I like that that was broken down. It was a good educational moment for those who are just not in the mix, right? Now, and they showed it with that vicious beating outside. They... They blew up a man's balls. I was like, Jesus, he's bleeding from his balls. And there's no weapons. Motherfuckers are just placing hands and feet on people at an extreme volume. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I said, damn. They stumped this man's balls away. I was like, this, it was hard for me to watch. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting on the couch like, ooh. Have you ever seen something and felt it? <laughs> that was That was this episode. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, not good. Not cool. Now, Mike, of course, being the being the the uh, proposed mayor of King of Kingstown, he is the one who keeps order, right? He keeps order with the prisons and the outside. He allows certain deals to go through just to keep the status quo. Now that shit got all blown up after the prison riot. So now it's him. Right now, this episode is just figuring out where we're at. Okay, cause shit is everywhere. Did did we see? Can we just gotta talk about these murders? I gotta say, the one. Okay, we saw Buddy getting stumped out, balls exploded. I was like, geez, that's bad. But the and then we seen some people getting shot up. What I didn't see coming was probably the most brutal death ever. It was the most brutal gang attack I've ever seen, ever on television. They shot the man. Through the car. Okay, that's regular. Pulled up. Bang, bang, bang. Shot through the window. I said, oh, damn, he gone. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. My man jumped up. My man jumped on top of the car, shooting bullets down there like it was a scene from The Matrix. I was like, this nigga look like Morpheus on top of that car. Then, and I always wanted a sunroof. No, I don't want a sunroof no more. My man's sunroof open. He lets a pit bull, the man that shot down, he unleashes his pit bull inside the car. To eat the already shot motherfucker who was, if he was grasping onto some type of life, not no more. The 1v1 in the front seat with a pit bull versus you, you you're gonna lose that battle. You're gonna lose that battle. And RIP to that pit bull, right? When the cops came, he shot, he unloaded a full clip on that goddamn dog. And that dog did not deserve that. Yes, I, I, I'm not gonna have this debate. With pit about pit bulls. I love pit bulls. Don't don't be that person. Do not stereotype me. Pit bulls just happen to be just big lovable dogs if raised right. Right? They are a reflection of their owner. I'm not gonna go through this with you. So anyway, he unloads that full clip on that poor dog who was just a victim of a terrible owner who taught him how to eat shotting up people. I was like, shit. So now a dog lost his life. And I was like, that motherfucker's a piece of shit. He raised his dog, trained him to do the wrong thing. 
and then left him in the car. I was like, what? You want not going to collect your dog back, my nigga? I was like, you ain't deserve no way. You ain't deserve that dog. He was too good for you. All dogs go to heaven, bro. Rest in, rest in peace, little doggy. But yeah, that same, and I, yes, I know, pit bulls look like walking sharks on land. They look like walking alligators. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But they're just big, lovable people. But anyway, so I thought that was, I was like, shit, the brutality of that attack, I was like, I'm unseen. So this episode set the tone. They said, oh, you thought we got bloody at the end of last season. You ain't seen nothing yet. So now Mike is facing his his toughest battle yet. And before I get any deeper into this, I got to say, get well, Jeremy Renner. You have been doing an amazing job. You, I like that uh, the Disney, the, the uh, what's his name? Hawkeye. I like that show. That was a good, good series. You did a great job. This show, you are killing it on the acting. And you picked right up in this season, killing it. I don't know what you was doing with a snowmobile, whatever the fuck happened. I'm glad to see you alive. I just hope you recover, man. Not for my own selfishness, just to see you back on my television screen, but for your families, you know, for your health and, you know, just to make sure you good. But man, hurry up and get right, because I need you to come back. I need you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to be selfish. Jeremy Renner, get well. Come back. Take your time, though. Take your time. I know it's a process. We're just glad to have you here, brother. Now, back to it. So, we see, uh, I see something interesting, uh, Kareem. Kareem was one of the survivors of the attack at the prison, right? And we see him dealing with PTSD. Another good thing. Another good thing that shows you. Fellas, if you ever get the opportunity, if you find that girl that you're like, you know, I'm going to marry this one, just go ahead and marry because when Kareem was locked up in the, the basement pantry or whatever that little closet was, and he's freaking out thinking he's back in prison, sweating and shit and crying, and his wife come down there to hold him like, baby, you home? Look look at me. look Like, that's, you need that in your corner, brother. You never know when life gonna hit you. You're gonna want to need somebody to, them hoes ain't gonna be there to coddle you while you're sweating in the pantry from, you know, from your nightmares and 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 reliving traumatic experience they ain't gonna be there for you i just you gotta get you a good one good luck to you though you're scarce pickings out there but anyway yeah so we see kareem going through it just and i was like he that was actually excellent acting too like i felt his fear the way he was balled up like in a fetal position sitting up just sweating grabbing himself holding and he's like no no and i'm like Wow. Because I wanted to stay on Kareem for a little bit. Like, I don't know if you've seen The Punisher on Netflix, but that deals with a lot of PTSD. I think this is one of the best, like, depictions of it. Like, in in, in its extreme form. Like, you know, that man went through a lot. Like, I don't see... So that's when when he went to do that psyche vow to get back to work. That was some of the best acting I've seen. He just was lying his ass off. And then... When he, they said, he was like, oh, so, you know, the when the doctor was like, yeah, I know you want to get back and some people will go back and seek retribution for what happened to him. He was like, man, I just want to go to work, you know what I'm saying, get my pension. He was just checking off all the boxes of what it would take to hear to make somebody sympathetic. And when he said, yeah, but he was like, 
you were raped though, right? And he's like, no, I, no, of course not. He's like, well, I had two officers come in here and tell me they witnessed you also being one of the ones raped. So he was like, oh, they must have had me mistaken. Kareem, bruh. And the doctor just assuming this, like, this was a terrible doctor. If two people told you something happened to this man, why would you believe what the fuck he's saying? Of course he's trying to hide it. And he just cleared him to go to, because he sold him the story of, look, man, I've been dedicating my life to this job 20 some odd years. I just want to retire on my own terms. Everything he said was reasonable, but a flat out fucking lie. And I think any uh, psychologist, psychiatrist worth a damn would have like seen that, noticed that and been like, yeah, but no. How about we give it some more time? How about we just give it just just for my own conscience? See me. Let's. He didn't even have most people. If I'm not mistaken, if you shoot a gun in the line of duty, right? If there's any cops watching this, or people who have to deal with this situation, isn't it true? Like if you shoot a gun or you have to kill somebody on duty, that you have to go see somebody, like seek therapy before you could get back out on the street, or you know what I'm saying, do what you gotta do at least have a few sessions like you can still work but still got to go see that person is, is, is am i wrong is that just some shit i have no clue about am i just talking out my ass it's very possible but i would imagine that it would be mandatory for him to go through therapy after that before he could even pretend to get to this final stage of questioning to whether or not he could go back to work or not so i was like I don't know how things, well, you know, it's not the most legally ran place, this Kingstown. And I think it's in Michigan. I always wonder. I said, what the fuck city is this? But somebody said Michigan, so I'm going to roll with that. And um, we see our new favorite Crip, Bunny. He's feeling the pain. He calls Mike up. They raiding Bunny's uh, drug houses. He's picked a new location. Our boy was known for sitting in that uh, fold-out chair on the front line. Not no more. Not no more. When they done moved, they done moved Bunny from his yard in his hood to up on top of a building now. He said these young dudes ain't no, he said there is no structure. There is no more leadership. Y'all killed all our leaders. And they crippling him on the outside because the only way he could try to get things in order or keep his position is if he's bringing money in. You're only as good as what you're bringing in. So if you're taking his money, you're about to take Bunny away. So now Bunny got a fortified cell phone shop in which he sit on top of. And God bless him. Bunny ain't no goddamn fool. Buddy is, Bunny is not no idiot. And I love his character, too. Because he's like, of course, he runs the Crips in this show. But he shows you that he's not some idiot gangster. He's not. He's somebody with thought. He's somebody that's interesting. He's somebody who wishes he just could be regular, but... This is what it is, and he does his job to the T. You know, so Mike is now trying to look out for him because when when you, that scene when Mike went in there to talk to the guys, the SWAT dude, like the SWAT dude, is extreme. He is there for murder and mayhem. Right now, when he shot that kid that had this gun in his hand, it just had to be what it was. You, you hate to see it, but he did tell the boy about two, three times to drop the gun. And Shorty just looking at the gun, looking at him, looking at the gun, like, nigga, what decision are you making? What, where's the, 
Are you trying to think like, oh, if I lift this really fast and shoot, I could get him or drop the gun, motherfucker. Like I was just like, drop the gun. So when he dropped him, I was like, yeah, it's on par. That's exactly how that should go. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. You play dumb games, you win dumb rewards. You got to, he got the drop on you. Drop the fucking thing. But that dude is about business. When they call him out, he's coming to make shit happen. So it was probably hard trying to get through to him because as Mike is trying to explain to them how they need to draw back some, relax. You see him making faces like, oh my God, like I got to listen to Mike. Like he, everybody has to respect Mike because of he's done too much for them. He's held them down on too many occasions. And, you know, so when Mike is talking, they have to listen. You can see the SWAT dude in the back looking irritated. And I think he's going to give Mike a lot of resistance down the line this season because he's excited. I think nobody's enjoying this more than the SWAT dude because he knows that if things keep up at this pace, him and his boys are going to be hit down a lot more doors and being able to take out a lot more motherfuckers. And he's with that. And these idiots cheering him on. He's the ringleader. And Mike is trying to explain to him, like, bruh, it's going to continue and get worse if we don't get this shit right inside. I'm not telling you not to do your job. Just chill the fuck out. Whether they listen to him or not, I have no idea. But they definitely should. Uh, so Mike is is facing shit. He's getting resistance from the cops, look like. He got Bunny barking on him, and he's trying to hold on to Bunny and keep him alive because he knows that Bunny is invaluable to him once this shit all comes back together, once he is able to piece everything together. Uh, He's also letting the business that his brother started fall to the wayside. He never enjoyed doing that business, which I'm confused as to what that business is. He's not a bail bondsman. He's more like a favor maker. I guess they pay him to handle certain things. I really don't know what his on paper legal business is. I have no clue. That's the mystery to me. Like what is the name of this place? What services do they bring? Like what does he file under his LLC? Like what category of what Mike does for a living with all those clients and they're waiting to talk to him. What does that go under? I have no fucking clue. Also, we got an update on, um, Iris and Mike, they seem to be cozying up to broken individuals that found each other and just kind of trading traumas, you know, so he takes her out on the boat. We see that their relationship is blossoming. Not so much romantic, but definitely codependent. You know, Mike feels responsible for her, so he's going to look after her at all costs. And when he discovers shit is all looking nice on the boat. Iris is looking healthier. She's doing her thing. He's seeming to even almost put a smile on his face when he's around her. It's almost seeming normal between those two. Until he discovers that there's an opportunity when he was talking to the cops at the table that uh, Milo's body wasn't found. As soon as he heard that, he said, what the fuck you mean Milo's body wasn't found? Where's Milo? So now he's automatically like, holy shit. They haven't ID'd Milo, so he picks up, so he calls up his little a girlfriend detective lady meets her at the morgue and has a spicy conversation. He's like, I don't give a shit how many bodies you got. Where the fuck is Milo? You haven't categorized him? And she's like, no. And he's like, um, what the fuck? And she's like, well, we're still finding people. Maybe he's one of the burnt bodies. And he, Mike knows Milo, knows him. He's too smart, too dangerous. And when he said 
nobody's burning Milo's body. He's like, fuck, Milo's loose, which he is, <laughs> and he knows it. It uh, Mike is the Mike might be the only thinking individual outside of Bunny in this whole show. Everybody else seems incompetent. Uh, for the yeah, yeah, just about everybody. His mother is like, you know, she's just a positive individual, naive, maybe you could say, but. The world needs people like his mom. But yeah, it's a lot of incompetence. And Mike is just, I could feel Mike's frustration. It's like, is everybody dumb? Are they all dumb? So from that fear of Milo being loose, his first priority, save Iris. Tries to get rid of her. And I guess she's making some stand by running away from protective custody and coming back to him. Once she finds out the reason he got rid of her was cousin Milo. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she feels safer with Mike, but she should just stay where she was. Cause Milo's coming for her, for sure. J- at at, cause he's petty like that. At least just to get the Mike. So Mike now has to worry about the streets, getting the cops on board, keeping Bunny alive, keeping Iris alive, and watching his own ass from the psychopath that is Milo, who everybody's presumed to be dead. So Milo, for all intent purposes, is like clear. To do whatever the fuck he want for at least some months before anybody, because the streets is too crazy. So Milo's story is gonna be great this season, because Milo's coming. I've got a feeling he's gonna be. We're gonna see a little bit of him next next episode. That's where I'm getting the vibe. But yeah, and um, the Kareem actually going back to work, going back to prison, gun button and beating the shit to death of people. With, with the hoods over their head was hardcore. I said, damn. That was another bloody little movement right there. And if I were to be raped by some batons, I'm not really judging him. I don't think he should be back at work. But yeah, if these are three dudes that sexually assaulted me and beat the shit out of me and killed my friends, I don't know if I would not be able to react like that. But I also know I shouldn't be at work. I think I'd take a little bit more time off. And when he was talking about joining that class settlement suit, I would have 100% joined. Fuck that. Fuck revenge. Let me get my money, and then I'll pay somebody to get that revenge from me. But Kareem is, uh, I feel like Kareem is looking like maybe a suicide or prison, maybe. Uh, he might end up in jail. Who knows? I don't know. They focusing on Kareem heavy, which leads me to believe he's going to be some type of figure in this season, somebody of significant character. So I don't know. Well, it's not looking good for him because that's not going to satisfy him. That's not going to keep him out the pantry at night. And then having to go to work and and see these individuals every day, like that's not how you heal. So he's going to be a problem. Um, Mike's mom. Oh, no. Mike's mom is what it is. She just wants to teach. Hers is whatever. But the younger brother, I can't think of Mike's younger brother's name. He left. He said, fuck this. I'm going to take this other job. And he's chasing people on boat. <laughs> like, he's watching the border. But he has no idea what he's, what a smuggler is. Like, we always, we thinking like he's thinking. Smuggler is you're driving drugs. You're riding drugs and money. Okay? Smuggler. But little do we know, shit gets smuggled all the time. Like maple syrup. 
just trying to smuggling is when you're trying to avoid paying the taxes on stuff, sneaking it in without going through the proper channels. It's not always drugs. So his intense take and him pulling out the 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 the, the little machine gun and shit, the whatever that's called, the rifle, and Buddy like, okay, relax, John Wick. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're looking real Rambo. Collect yourself. And he's out here, like, disregarding him. But his anger at him at the end of it all, why didn't you tell me what we was chasing? I respect that. Because, bro, look at me. I'm on edge. Like, I'm thinking it's a drug. I'm thinking there's going to be guns on board. Like, you got me on fight mode, ready to go. And what? Because uh, so, I'm a rookie. This is a joke to you. So, dude was an asshole. I don't think he's going to be on that job for long because he likes the action. And dude's a dick. So his brother will be back for sure. And that's going to cause Mike another problem. This show should be, instead of Mayor Kingstown, it should be called Mike's Troubles. Or more shit Mike got to deal with. Because that's all it's about to be this uh, season. But it was a strong-ass opener. I'm super thirsty to watch the next episode. I'm already behind. So I'm going to get off of here with y'all, watch episode two, and then we'll take it from there. And with that, protect your health, yourself, your wealth, man. Your boy Rell is out of here. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Hollywood Real. And I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at 1,000 trying to get to two, all right? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...